you may have noticed that X-Files podcast is now breakups, broken hearts, and moving on with Janice Formichella. I've still got weekly content for you on beating your breakup, healing your broken heart, and moving on to an amazing, abundant life. Same great resource with a name to match. Welcome to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formichella. I'm Janice Formichella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to learn from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical, sexy new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. As I am going to be featuring a special practitioner for the very first time, I want to make sure that I highlight her. Julie Dumsey is doing such important work to make the world a happier place by supporting individuals to be happier. I think that she is so full of wisdom and love, and I'm so excited to have her today. Julie is a certified clinical hypnotherapist, a mindset coach, and the author of Found, Swiping Right on Me to Find Love. Julie is the perfect person to have on the show to talk about how to stop thinking about your ex because she is passionate about helping people to unlock their minds, to reveal what's holding them back, reset thinking to propel forward, and connect people to their true potential without stalling or derailing their lives. I love that because I am always telling people, and I'm saying so often on this show, your breakup doesn't have to derail your life. In fact, it can add to it. Please go and show Julie some breakups, broken hearts, and moving on love. Please go to her website, juliedempsey.com, and head to Amazon to purchase her book. If you do head to her website, make sure to drop her a line and let her know that you loved the episode. And you can also find all of the information about working with Julie on her website. It's really easy to navigate. It's super great. She outlines how it is that she works over there. So that's juliedempsey.com. And the book is called Found, Swiping Right on Me to Find Love. All of this information is in the show notes. I completely trust her. I definitely encourage anybody who's really looking to do some powerful cord cutting work to go and make contact with her. And with that, here's how to stop thinking about your ex. <laughs> Welcome to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formichella and Julie Dempsey. Hello. I'm glad that you are finally on my podcast. 
I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We're two Americans who have attempted to get residency in Australia, one unsuccessfully and one successfully. <laughs> yes, I'm a very proud dual citizen now. <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, in all, how long did it take you? About five or six years. And I've been okay. here seven years now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of ran out of steam with mine in the fifth year. So I'm mm -hmm. congratulations to making that happen for yourself. I love that we get to connect over that. And I love that we get to connect through our networking circle. And I'm glad that you are on my show to talk about how to stop thinking about your ex. I know that you do hypnotherapy and I actually reached out to you to kind of learn more about what you do because I have clients who could very much benefit from cord cutting. And I know that because I have done cord cutting after breakups and our conversation evolved into not just how cord cutting can help you to stop thinking about your ex, but just generally other practices and things that you can do to retrain your brain. So I'm exactly. very glad that you are here. And I like to start out the episodes talking about intentions and why I'm doing this particular topic. I wanted to talk about this because I know how painful it can be to be thinking about, not just thinking about your ex after a breakup, but most typically thinking about the good times, thinking about memories, having feelings of regret, having feelings about things that you wish you would have said and all, mostly the, the good times. And so because I know how crucial that can be in someone's healing process and how much that can keep them stuck, I wanted to do this episode. And what I think a lot of people don't fully realize or know or accept or are able to put into practice is that we are not our thoughts. Our thoughts are not our reality. But because of the power of thought for good and bad, we can often feel that our thoughts are controlling us rather than the other way around. And I often talk to people who say that they just can't, they can't, they can't, they can't stop. But it's because they don't realize. And also speaking with people who get onto a certain thought wave and make it, like I said, their reality, because I can't stop thinking about them. It must mean that I'm meant to, to be with them. And so I think learning about mindfulness and accepting the reality of the fact that our thoughts don't really mean anything, really, it can help with our grief. It can help with our healing. It can help us deal with future grief and disappointment. And so I wanted this episode to kind of be like a 101 on how to do that. What makes you excited about the topic of how to stop thinking about your ex? Well, it, there's so many things that excite me about this topic, I have to say, because this is a natural process we all go through when we have a breakup. And quite honestly, this might be a breakup with an ex. It could be a breakup with a friend, with a business, a job, anything. Oh, and yeah. it's the same process across the board. But the one I think we feel deepest in our hearts is that breakup with our ex. And, you know, you use the word can't. And one of my favorite sayings is you can say you can or you say you can't and you'll be right either way. Yes. 
right? So that comes back to the mindset of it all. And how do we go about thinking about this? You know, taking the appropriate amount of time to grieve and think through a relationship, but then being able to move on from thinking about that ex. And as much as I know about all of this, I still go through that process where I've got to use all of these techniques to get myself to move on, right? I was actually cycling a thought this morning and, but because I have all of these tools, I was able to recognize that I was cycling a thought. And then I was able to talk to myself about how it wasn't true. And then I was also able to talk to myself about something else that I could think about. And it was, yes, very effective. Uh, but it takes a lot of work. I do have to say it does take a lot of work, but we've also got to remember that the likelihood is we've been through this before. Yes. So as I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking about past exes and remembering in my brain that I had this process going on for them after the relationship ended, but I couldn't feel it in my heart and there was nothing attached to that feeling anymore. Right. So yeah. clearly we're able to move on and get past and then the brain forgets. But when it's fresh, the brain does like to cycle through because the brain likes what's familiar. And this person has been very familiar and very present in your life for a period of time. Yeah. And I'm really excited to get into that because it's not just how to stop thinking about your ex, but I want everybody to intellectually know why it is that we can't get these things out of our mind. And there is very like scientific reasons why we cycle thoughts. And also everybody does it. It's not just you. It's not just because you guys shouldn't have broken up. It's not just because you should be together or that you did something wrong. Pretty much everyone goes through this. And I also want to say cycling thoughts and thinking about things is part of the grieving process. So this is no shaming on anybody. And thinking about it and processing it is one way to get it out of your system. And we're going to talk about how to do that and how maybe some of these practices, whilst you're thinking about it, can help you move on. So it's not like you're not quote unquote allowed to be thinking about this or that you shouldn't, or there's something wrong with you. At the same time, there does come a point where it's going to be extremely prudent <laughs> and beneficial to say, I've gotten this far. I've I've attempted to process it. And now I need to do something different, especially if you've pushed play on this podcast because you're really suffering from your breakup. Let's mix it up a bit. Let's try some, some new things. And we're, Julia and I are here to help. Absolutely. <laughs> Why don't you, in a nutshell, say maybe how your work is beneficial to someone who's going through a breakup? Because I think contextually, that's, that's kind of an important thing to, to throw out there. Absolutely. So very often when we go through a breakup, it triggers things from our past, not just from the relationship. And there are things that we haven't cleared that we need to go forward and clear. And doing a hypnotherapy session, for example, you're able to go back to the root cause. So if you're suffering from a breakup, feeling maybe I did something wrong or wondering, you know, if there's a repeat behavior and pattern and we're seeing the same thing in breakups again and again, while it's good to stop those cycling thoughts, it's also good to go back and say, let's do a session, look at what is the root cause and how do we shift the, that root cause or those beliefs? 
that may have developed early in childhood from an attachment style or something else. And hypnotherapy can very much help with that. I've had a few different experiences with hypnotherapy after my divorce. And I have mentioned this several times on the podcast. I made the choice, which was a mistake, of rekindling <laughs> with my with my ex. And I reached out to someone in my community who was a hypnotherapist. And I was like, I've got to get this behind me. This is excruciating. We had rekindled and then decided again that it wasn't going to work. Oh, man, it was bad. And so she... Uh, gave me a session and it was so cool and it was done virtually. So I want everyone to know Julie does virtual sessions as well as in person, right? I do. Yep. So absolutely. if you're in Sydney, hit her up. If you are in Denver, hit her up. This could be very, very effective and finally turning a corner with your breakup. So it was a two hour session. Like I said, done over Skype at the time. I don't think zoom existed. And what was really cool was not only did I feel lighter right after the session, but I also had people tell me that I looked physically different. The people, some people who I was with every day, some who didn't even know that I had the session had commented that my appearance had changed. We, we call that the hypnotherapy facelift. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because like you said, you feel lighter and you actually look lighter because you've released these things that you've been holding inside. And the beautiful thing is when you're able to process and release these emotions and these experiences, it also leaves room to refill. And that's what I do with my clients as well as I create a recording that they listen to every day for 30 days, at least after the session. And that is all about the beautiful things that you want to refill that space with the confidence, the happiness, the knowledge that everything is happening for you, not to you, that there will be another relationship and you'll be ready for it. And it will be better than anything you could have imagined. If you let the current relationship pass through you. And that's why sometimes I do feel so concerned when people tell me that they just absolutely can't get it out of their mind so much so that they can't even function in their jobs and that they can't enjoy any time by themselves whatsoever because it's just completely dominating their lives. And often, not always, maybe I should say sometimes, I notice that there's not a big in-between period before they try and put a Band-Aid on the situation by dating again. And it's like you've lost out on, you know, all these possibilities for learning about yourself because you didn't have the, the in-between time where you process it and then got to know yourself. And sometimes I see people just do it all over again. Yeah. If only we could make that mandatory <laughs> in life, right? Where you have yes. to take that time for reflection um, because it is so important and, you know, hurt people hurt people too. And that's why dating can be difficult on both sides, whether you're the one who just broke up or the one that they're getting involved with. So taking that time to really heal and go through some of the things that we're going to be talking about today will benefit you personally, as well as any potential relationship and make more of an opportunity for that to be a success. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, a new relationship is a great distraction, but I think that if you can 
do some of the things that Julie and I are going to talk about today, you will find that you are going to be distracting yourself and you are going to be building a new skill and that is mindfulness. And you are not going to require anybody else to help you through any disappointment, heartbreak, bump in the road, stress in the future. And therefore your interpersonal interactions are going to be much more full of life. Like there's going to be more opportunities for joy and pleasure when you bring other people into it rather than, oh, you're making me feel better because I'm not now thinking about this other person. Now I'm thinking about you <laughs> instead of thinking about yourself. Exactly. And by the way, you know, kind of as I alluded to before, this works not just in breakups, but across life. So this is a really important skill that's going to help you level up in each aspect of your life. Yeah, that's definitely why I mentioned like other disappointments in life. Yeah. There's going to be many, especially when it comes to like work. Oh my God, family, everything. You're going to just dominate in life. And another personal experience that I wanted to share before we get on to it is I've had other breakups since my divorce where I really physically processed things. I love to dance and I love to walk. And there's been times where I've intentionally, and we're going to talk about physical movement, but I can say from personal experience, there's been times when I've intentionally either danced or walked to process a breakup, or I've said, just for the 20 minutes while I'm dancing, I'm going to think about this while I do things that get it out of me. And I know that it works. So before we talk about how to do this, why don't we chat to everyone about why we have such a hard time thinking about our ex after a breakup? Because I think it's good to normalize this. Sometimes people may be thinking either this just happens to me or because it's happening to me, it means I shouldn't be broken up. And so I think it can be good to bring in a bit of science or empirical research to talk about why this is so, so common. First of all, the brain, the human brain has, um, I think it's 80,000 thoughts a day and 60,000 wow. of those tend to be negative or spiraling <gasps> thoughts. Oh, so that's just how our brain works and why it's so important to train it to behave differently. Um, as I mentioned before, the brain also likes what's familiar and having this person in your life has been familiar and thinking about them on a daily basis, which also means it's become a habit, right? And we can break habits, but it takes some time. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about is the habit of having someone in your life. So you might be used to texting with them. You might be used to talking with them, obviously, having dinner with them. And so when we don't get that, we look for other ways to get... Some people say it's a dopamine hit. I don't know. I mean, for some people, it may be, but for other people, I think it's just not knowing other ways of doing things. So when we're not talking to them every day and when we're not seeing them every day, we invent other ways of having them in our life. So for some people, that may be going and looking at their social media. For other people, it may be cycling memories so that you're still including them in your day in some way. And as painful as it is, the human body and th the human mind, it's all about routines and habits and making yourself comfortable. And so even if you're thinking about something that partially causes you pain, you still feel at ease. Yeah, that's because we've literally been missing them 
right? Think about if you're on a diet and you're not eating sugar or chocolate, you're missing that too, right? Because it's something you've been used to, but after a while, those cravings stop. And it's the same thing with a person. Mm -hmm. But if we keep feeding that craving by looking at their social media or stalking them or whatever, you know, going back through pictures, et cetera, et cetera, or contacting them, we don't get to that period of time. And it usually takes about 30 days to break a habit. And so if we keep going back, we're starting back at kind of day one again and again. Yes. And that includes certain thoughts that definitely includes social media. I, as far as breaking a habit of a person goes, I see a lot of people making progress after like four months when it comes to no contact. If you can get past the three month mark, there's a, a lot of progress that I see in like the four or five month period. So please, everybody hang in there. Like we're here for, you know, this is a long game situation. So also, I don't know if you know about fading affect bias, Julie. I do, but I'll let you go ahead. and. (laughs) Awesome. So one of the most important things that I want people to know who listen to breakups, broken hearts and moving on is that there is scientific evidence that supports something called the fading affect bias. And that is that our brain favors memories associated with happy feelings. So even if you went through a horrible breakup, even if the relationship was bad, your brain will naturally cling on to and favor memories associated with happy times rather than the fights, rather than the breakup itself, rather than all of the memories of the things that you didn't really like too much. And so if you are having cycling thoughts about the good times, just know that perhaps that means your brain is operating (laughs) at its highest potential and that it's working. It is protecting you because if we thought about just all the negative times, no one would, would ever want to get out of bed in the morning. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. It's really your brain is actually doing its best to protect you and to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why it's hard sometimes to break these cycles because we've got to kind of put a stop gap in there or a switch that's going to shift. You know, we, we talk about um, an, another way to talk about this is the rose colored glasses effect, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we only see the good and that, keeps us prolonged in thinking about relationships. It also helps us get into relationships. Sometimes we shouldn't be getting into to begin with because we've got that bias towards just the positive. There's some tips on how to shift out of that kind of thinking. Yeah, everyone, we got you. It's kind of a shitty situation because if you're already depressed over your breakup, you don't necessarily want to think of the negative times because that maybe could make you feel worse. I know some of my memories of my exes are just full on traumatic, but at the same time, you don't want to think about the happy memories either, because that also makes you feel bad. So everybody, there's a grieving process. There's a grieving time where it's just going to be really rough for a couple of weeks. But if you have hope that it will end, and if you commit to your healing, if you push play on a breakup podcast, you have a much higher likelihood of not just getting through it sooner, but then like thriving on the other end of things. So there's nothing wrong with you if you're like, oh my God, that's totally what I'm going through. This is just part of the process. But at the same time, what I've also talked about on the show is sometimes people really cling to the memories and cling to this part of the process because 
getting past this part of this of the grieving phase means that the relationship is really over and so if you can like kind of cling to this it's almost more comforting than saying i'm really walking in the other direction exactly and i think that's often the case when we have hope that it isn't over Mm -hmm. and so i would say rather than thinking about it as spending time on these negative thoughts or emotions it's spending time getting realistic about this relationship and what it really was and trying to, you know, take off those rose colored glasses and see clearly what it was, the positives or the negatives. How many times have you heard someone say, you know, a year on or two years on, I can't believe I ever went out with that person. (laughs) Right. Because we've gotten to the point where we can really be objective about what was good and what was bad. So it does take some time, but we, mm-hmm. we always get there. <laughs> yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I dropped an episode titled breakup. You'll get through this. Here's why. And one of the pieces of evidence I gave in the, in the episode was you got over your last breakup. You got over your last disappointing experience. You got over the last time that someone else let you down and you'll get through this as well. It takes time. And also if you don't grieve, you don't heal and you don't improve. And so please everyone give yourself that, that, that space. Another reason why some of us have a hard time discontinuing the repeated thoughts is that some breakups do happen within the window of the honeymoon period. And that is where you're idealizing each other, where you're super excited about every single little inch of the relationship That doesn't necessarily mean that you have the compatibility to make it last, but it still means that at the time of the breakup, the feelings were much more heightened than if you had broken up 10 years into it. I have some people say that they were so ready to date by the time their divorce was final because, you know, they were one leg out for years (laughs) compared to someone who's only been going out with their partner for six months, a year, and even two years where you just feel like you're in heaven. And then it ends right when everything was the most high end. And so if you were in a semi short-term relationship and you're having a really hard time, that's another reason, you know, your body was constantly activated being around this person. You were super excited about the future. And so it's a, even a bigger letdown. Yep. Well, and I can speak to that firsthand because I literally (laughs) just experienced that myself (laughs) where it had been so long since I'd even met somebody that I thought was compatible. And we had this amazing time together. Like we met for a whole weekend and it was like, I had the most wonderful boyfriend and potential partner in the world. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, here we go. And then they showed up consistently, all of the things that you would want for the next month and a half until they didn't. Mm -hmm. And so very much in that honeymoon phase and thinking of all of the good and what could be. And I literally, knowing what I know, (laughs) had to force myself to say, okay, is my brain playing tricks on me because I'm only seeing positive? And why wouldn't you? Because that's exactly all is in a new relationship. Exactly. You're not thinking about anything negative. Otherwise, why would you move forward with it? Yeah. It's also the same with, you know, long distance relationships. That's all fantasy. And so yep. some people have enormous drop when they end 
a long distance relationship because the idea of what it could be was the only thing that they were experiencing. Same with a short-term yeah. relationship. Yeah. I, I would say any type of relationship that starts out really strong and unfortunately very often abusive relationships because there's the love bombing, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. And so, <laughs> yeah. so you start out with something that feels so good and feels so right. And unfortunately there are people out there that are very good at manipulating so that that's what you're, they're kind of driving you to see and feel and you get stuck in that and you see all of the good, but you've got to step away from it mm -hmm. to be able to really use your critical brain and analyze and say, is it really all that good? Are there other things? And really it's literally forcing yourself to think through as an intelligent critical thinking human being, analyzing and looking at everything that's been happening. And then you can kind of start to see things, but then you've again, got to really force yourself to say, okay, let's weigh this out. There are all these good, but there are all these other things. Years ago, I had a relationship that was so exciting and so fun, but there were also re real negatives. And I used to say when the negative gets to be more than 50%, it's time to walk away. Mm -hmm. This is a natural and even a healthy part uh, of, of the grieving process. So please push through and please commit to doing things in a different way. So we're going to take a really quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and talk about how do we do this? I always like to make things on the podcast as practical as possible. I like to give things that pretty much anyone can actually apply in their life. So I will be right back with Julie and we're going to give tips on how to turn this around pretty quick. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. This has been a great chat. I'm really glad that we're doing this. I kind of, I did an episode on why do I only think about the good times when I first started the podcast two years ago. And so I'm really glad that we're revisiting the topic. This is something that I see hold pretty much everyone back. Anybody who has ever reached out to me has definitely mentioned that they, their thoughts and so I'm I'm glad that we're that we're doing this. And I'm so glad for everyone who pushed play on this episode. And I'm sorry that you're struggling with your breakup. And I also fully know that you have the ability to put it behind you and have a better life than you ever thought that you were going to. So let's talk about how do we shift these thoughts and begin to think different thoughts. Let's first talk about somatic methods. Some people who are listening to the podcast will be aware of the fact that somatic methods, somatic counseling is kind of having a moment right now. Am I wrong, Julie? You're not wrong. <laughs> I'd even say you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what is somatics? What does it mean? What is the definition of a somatic method, a somatic practice? And then we will go on to why it's effective in retraining your brain. Somatic is just talking about in your body. It's something that you feel or you move so that you can shift things physically. 
And it's important to do this physically as well as mentally. And that's why it's coming into practice. Plus a lot of the somatic techniques are kind of fun too. <laughs> I, I mean, I often, I often do it myself. I'm quite experienced in this regard. Before we started recording, I closed my eyes and just like shook my hands really hard. And yeah, it feels good and it's effective. In order for a practice to be somatic, it needs to involve the body. So and movement. Body and movement. Great. So can you talk to us about maybe your favorite somatic practice? And then we'll move on to a couple of the ones that I know of. Oh, gosh, I like them all. (laughs) Because there's something about that physical movement that really shakes things up in the brain. And if you think about it, even just when you get a chill and your body kind of shakes, that's working it through. So you take that simple natural response and you bring it forward. And so as you're processing your emotions and you're thinking about how do I let this go, just standing up or sitting down or whatever you need to do and shaking your whole body out and really getting good shake on. And this isn't actually that different from dancing, which I know is one of your favorites and you'll talk Mm -hmm. about But just kind of going and shaking through, whether you're putting on music or you've got some kind of drums in the background that's really kind of bringing that sound and that shaking through and allowing everything to just feel feel it in your mind as you're shaking, releasing and going out through your body. You might start with, you know, your arms and move down and shake your legs. You can even do this lying down and shaking if that's an easier thing for you. But it really allowing something to move through. Right? Exactly. Exactly. You're really focusing in on just allowing yourself to let go and move forward. You might want I see your eyes closed. You might want your eyes closed <laughs> while you're doing that. So you can really focus on the thoughts while you're moving your body. Yeah. So you have watched Ted Lasso? Yeah. Yeah. So such a beautiful show. Oh my God. The show. Uh, wow. So positive, like so many lessons, especially for men. I have to say, as far as, you know, positive portrayals of male mental health, I'm so stoked about it. And I'm a little sad that it's ending, if not a lot sad, but there's this practice that Rebecca, the owner of the club does. I think maybe like once a season, they show her doing this, but Whenever she's feeling intimidated, which is rare for Rebecca, she does yep. this thing where she like bends over and and she shakes her hands and then she stands up and she puts her hands above her head and then she like makes like a dragon face where she goes, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I I really love that because you know, she's using her entire body to embody the energy that she wants to bring to to the meeting or the encounter or just to shake whatever she's going through and you know we all have access to that you know some people don't necessarily uh, want or are able to hire a counselor coach whatever but we can all we all have a body and we can all figure out what will work for us Yeah, I actually, that's very similar to something that when I'm working with uh, female CEOs that are need to go into big meetings, I teach them to do what we call Superman pose or superwoman pose, where, you know, you stand before you go into that meeting with your hands on your hips and you just think about how strong you are and you envision yourself as 
superwoman or up with your your fists, very similar to what you're talking about. I haven't seen Rebecca do that yet. Oh, okay. Um, she but does any it in the kind first of season. She just did it she? in the last episode I watched. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. I just don't remember that. But yeah, it's, it's so powerful to just use your body in that way. And even just on a daily basis, using your physicality when you're thinking about your ex and you're kind of slumped over and you're feeling kind of depressed and just pulling your shoulders back and putting your head up high and taking a big breath is really going to shift how you feel about yourself. So yeah, it's in addition to that shaking, just thinking about how your physicality and how you're carrying yourself. Yes, It's hard to be sad when your, your, you know, shoulders are back and your head's up high. Can you talk to us about shaking and how you can maybe do it in a group and how you can do it just at home. Because I know for me, I went to a shaking event when I was in Australia and I'd never done any shaking before. And it, I, it, it was just too uncomfortable for me to, I, it was hard for me to really get in, into the moment and just like, cause that's full surrender when you're shaking. In yes, people. it is. But <laughs> Close your eyes. <laughs> yes. At home, though, I learned to do it very effectively, so much so that I'd have to say if I went to a shaking therapy or a shaking group event today, I'd probably be, they'd probably have to contain me. So can you talk about what shaking is and how people can maybe incorporate it into the next week of their life? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, if you're going to an event, realize that nobody's looking at you. They're doing their own thing, right? And, you know, so I kind of took it, you threw it a minute ago, which is literally just thinking about every limb in your body and how you can move it. And whether you're lying down and you're moving from top to bottom of your body or whether you're standing up and it's really thinking, how do I get everything in my body moving? And you, you can do what feels right for you. Everybody's going to be different. Somebody might feel like I just want to go full on and shake every part. Somebody might want to start just kind of moving their head a little bit and then moving their arms and getting into it a little more slowly. The important thing is to do what feels right for you and what what you feel is helping you move things through your body. And if you were trying to stop thinking about your ex, as a professional who does this, what might be an intention before you start letting your body go there? Would you just say, I want to get my ex out of my mind? Or I want I want this to be like super practical. So if yeah. someone could like put like stop listening to this episode and start shaking, but <laughs> you know, so what would you say would be a practice as far as changing your mindset about your yeah. ex that you could yeah. So f- first of all, when you're shaking, you literally can't be thinking yeah, that's about true. them, right? If Just think about it. As you just start doing it, mm-hmm. you stop thinking about anything else other than the movement of your body. So that in and of itself, even without setting an attention, is going mm-hmm. to go far for it's you. Release. Yeah. Right? It's a complete yeah. release. In the law of attraction, we say that when you go into a and to certain types of meditation where you're not thinking about anything, it, it slows the momentum of the thought. And so I never made this connection before, but I suppose like when you're fully making love and not thinking about anything else, or when you're fully shaking and not really thinking about anything, it slows the momentum of the previous thought. Which exactly. Is really effective. Exactly. And what I would do, there's two ways to think about going in with the intention You can go in with the intention that I'm letting go and I'm releasing. 
And then you can also go in with the intention of, I am happy and full. Life is happening for me. I'm ready to move forward. So we keep it more on the positive side. And again, it's individual for what you feel is going to work right for you. So when I'm working with clients, I kind of tune into which direction I think is working for them or what they need. And if you're on your own, just tune into what do I need in this moment right now? Close your eyes down, take a couple deep breaths and think, what is it that I need that's going to allow me to release and move forward? I'm excited to do this after this episode, to be honest. My (laughs) wills are turning. So very related to shaking is dance therapy or dance with intention. And funnily enough, even though I wasn't able my first time to be comfortable with a shaking group experience, the first time that I did five rhythms dancing, which is very big in Australia, I went like balls to wall. <laughs> you know, it was just like my thing. And that's also something that I want to point out. Different strokes for different folks. Some things will resonate and feel comfortable for some people more than they will for others. I've taken friends to five rhythms who could not get into it. Other friends who were like became dedicated for life. And it was similar to the shaking for me. The first time that I was out there, I saw that everybody on the dance floor was having their own experience, which I think is something that's hard for people to understand or accept. You're not being watched. Like you're not on display. You're not at a club. People are there for their own purposes. And there was also something about the music that got to me. And so I started going weekly. In fact, sometimes two or three times a week, to be honest, because there was something about the freedom of the dance floor that was so cathartic for me. And I did start going with what do I want to let go of? In the beginning, it was a breakup. I was in a very abusive relationship that ended maybe five or six months before I discovered five rhythms. And so in the beginning, I just wanted to shake the very traumatic memories that I had about the the abuse. And then I and I did. I mean, even after just a few five rhythm sessions, it had passed through me. And then after that, I remember I'm a writer and sometimes you have an occasional really high maintenance client, let's just say that. And so I know one day I went and I had been having trouble with a client and I just shook it. And then like we actually ended up having a great relationship. So this could be something else that's accessible to people. I don't currently go to Five Rhythms. Uh, They suffered a bit with the pandemic. (laughs) It's not uh, very pandemic friendly to have people you know, in a big room dancing around each other. But I do very regularly put on some different playlists in my apartment. And I set a timer and I just dance and I don't think or worry about anything. And I just let it all out. So I would highly recommend that to some people. What do you think? I completely agree. And quite possibly there are people listening to this that are thinking, oh, I already do this naturally, right? Because it is a very natural practice the dancing, the shaking, moving things Mm. through. And again, our brain is trying to protect us and move us forward. So there are people, and I know that, you know, I personally also did some of these practices before I understood or knew the reason behind it. But when you can go into it with that intentionality, it makes it even stronger. 
Yeah, I think I was predisposed to enjoying dance as a therapeutic modality because I always liked going to clubs. I was always a partier. I always like even from a very young age, like being on the dance floor of a club, I always felt free. I always felt euphoric. There was always something about it. And I, yeah, I didn't realize that it was therapeutic for me. And so to actually put in add that with the intention of processing something. Yeah, really effective. That being said, this is not for everybody, perhaps. So we have two more (laughs) somatic ideas. Julie, one example of something that would be for some people and not for others, myself included, uh, (laughs) would be dunking in water. So (laughs) I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you said, you said, Janice, that you feel most free on the dance floor. I feel most free in nature, whether it's out on a hike or out in water. And if you think of, I'm not religious, but if you think of the practice of baptism, for example, right, you're being dunked in water. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you take that without the religion, (laughs) And you say, I'm going to go in and purify myself and clear myself. So you go in with that intention of saying, I'm ready to let go of all of these emotions. I'm ready to let go of all these feelings and dunk in the water or go for a swim. Literally gliding through water allows me to process and clear. And if you don't have access to um, a place to swim, standing under the shower, especially if you've got a rain shower or whatever, you can change the setting and just allow that water to feel, feel it. Anybody plug your ears and then go under the water and you'll be able to hear all, try it, Julie. You'll be able to hear all the the drops on your head in a totally different way. It's really cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to text you tomorrow and, and ask if you do that. <laughs> we'll do that. It's okay. amazing do that in the bathtub and go under the water doing that. But also just feeling the little drops yes, and noticing them as they're going down your body and allowing that to clear and purify. So yes, this is accessible to anybody anywhere, even if you're not going into a body of water. I hadn't thought of it before, but I guess I do use this as a yeah. as a self-care practice even sometimes when i just want to wash off the day i do take an actual shower you know yes. i always shower in the morning but yeah sometimes to kind of put a bookend in my day i'll i'll take a shower and i don't remember at all what it said but in my shower in my last apartment i used to have these intentions that i laminated and i'd put yeah. in the shower so that you get in with gratitude and you put on the water and with some intention of clearing something yep. and then you just enjoy the shower. You can turn anything you're doing into yes, a, ritual a ritual and intention just yes. by starting, taking a few breaths, breathing into what you're doing, maybe shutting your eyes and going in with a thought in mind of how you want to be, what you want to let go, asking the universe to support you feeling gratitude for what's coming over, going through what you want to do, whether it's walking, dancing, water, whatever it might be. And then when you're finished, stopping and taking a few more breaths and giving gratitude for what you've just experienced. And walking 
is another one for me. Yay. You can walk anywhere. I love to walk out in nature, but you can do this anywhere, starting with what I just suggested and then really noticing what's around you and things that make you smile. So if you're walking to the store, if you're walking to work, if you're just going out for a walk, give yourself the opportunity to notice five things that are going to make you smile and really pay attention along the way. It might be a flower. It might be a bird. It might be a puppy. It might be a parent with a child who's (laughs) doing something cute. It would be squirrels and cherry blossoms. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, but just really the act of taking that time to notice the things around you and things you might not have noticed before really gives you that sense of mindfulness and peace. And most importantly, while you're doing all of these things, guess what you're not thinking about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a good point. So there's a couple things I want to say. I am a huge fan of walking. I think that it's one of the most effective exercises. I think it's one of the most effective things you can do for healing. I think it's one of the greatest mindfulness tools. And I will say first, if it can also be used as a somatic practice in that you can set an intention that just during the duration of your walk, you'll let yourself think about your ex. And I have done that a couple times in my life where I really couldn't get it out of my mind. And so I've said, tomorrow morning on my walk, I'm just going to think about everything. And while you're walking, whilst you're thinking about it, it goes through your system. I don't know if people can fully wrap their head around this, but it actually passes through you if you do it with intention. And the other thing I will say is if we're kind of past that is put on a podcast and think about something else while you're walking. And then again, we're building a new body memory and we're creating, you know, this long time period of time where we're outside of the house and we're thinking about something completely different and therefore you're retraining your body and your mind to think about something other than your ex so this is partially why i got so into true crime because seriously nothing (laughs) distracts me better than a true crime podcast and walking i mean even today you know i'm i'm having this conflict or issue with with my partner and i knew that i had like this big day of recording and working. And I thought, I do not want to think about this today. And so I put on my favorite true crime podcast, shout out to going West. And by the time I got home, I've barely thought about it for the rest of the day. And the third thing I want to say is just coming back to Julie's example of the gratitude practice. Once you've processed your breakup and you're, you're done thinking about it, walking while you're noticing is is very, very effective in retraining the the mind. Yep. And mentioned how true crime really grabs your brain. Like I said, it's different for everyone. So find what works for you. Another great thing to do is take a class, learn something new. Oh, It's impossible. Like if you're learning how to throw pottery, (laughs) it's impossible to think about anything else. Yeah, I have a client taking boys lessons right now Yes, for the same reason. Exactly. Anything like that, even a yoga class, if it's a new type of yoga or a new experience, anything that's going to be a new experience that you're learning how to do, even following a new recipe, it is impossible for your brain to be thinking about something else when you're trying to learn a new skill and you're focusing in on that. 
So this is a great way to do something good for yourself, to improve yourself, potentially find a new interest that you might share with somebody new in the future and really keep your mind occupied without even trying. Thank you so much. That's a great suggestion. And the offer is always open. If anyone out there does take a class to get over their breakup, please send me a DM. I'd love to feature you on my social media or maybe even have you on the podcast. So that was great. Um, as far as somatic practices go, let's get to what I think is the juiciest part of this episode. And that is cord cutting and how it can help you stop thinking about your ex. (laughs) Julie does cord cutting. One reason that I wanted to do this episode is I would love to refer my clients and my listeners to her specifically. So what is cord cutting? And how does it help? Yes. So we are all energetic beings. And when we are with somebody else and have somebody in our lives, we have energetic cords that are connecting us. Yeah. Even you and I right now doing this podcast are creating cords. We have them with our family, with anybody that we're interacting with. And while we have that energy going back and forth, even if it's positive energy, sometimes we need to cut that off to be able to get back to ourselves and get back to our core and our center. So cord cutting is a great exercise in general, just to kind of clear our space, our personal boundaries and our personal space. And the exercise can be done with a practitioner or it can be done on your own. And it's basically sitting there and closing your eyes and visualizing and seeing that connection you might have someone else and visualizing what those cords might look like. For everybody, it's different. There's a different texture, a different color, a different thickness. Some people aren't great at visualizing and that's okay. If you can't visualize, just in your mind, tell yourself, I can, I can almost feel those cords between myself or someone else, or I can intellectualize that they are there. So this is available to everyone, whether you're visual or otherwise, right? So just in your mind, know that they're there and think about why they're there and how they're connecting you. And this was what, when I had the the session after my divorce, we talked through things that happened early in our relationship and I visualized the cord that it yep. connect, that it created with me and my husband and even up to like we actually had sex um after we rekindled and she yeah. actually had me think about that and that cord and which was a thicker cord because it was more yep. recently and then after i visualized visualized all of these cords she actually had me go through and cut each one yes mm-hmm. exactly exactly and it's interesting because you're when you're doing this you're going from your eye yeah. Right. I and don't when know why. I think, oh my God. No, I don't know right. Why. Yeah. And it's interesting for me when I think about cords, they come from my stomach. Oh no, I can close my eyes and it would, it would definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, but, but that's the important thing. It's different for everyone. You yeah. can't get this wrong, right? right Wherever yeah. you see it, however you feel it, whatever you imagine mm-hmm. is absolutely right for you, but it's different for everybody. So just take that time to really See, feel, think about what that might be, if there's one or if there's a hundred, and get really clear in your mind what that is. Feel into that 
and then see something cutting or severing one cord or all of the cords if there's more than one. And then as you let that go, just allow that to wash through your body, the feeling of the cutting, feeling that there's now that space Mm -hmm. and that open energy around you that you can refill with what you need. Give thanks to the person that you are connected to saying, thanks, this has been an important part of my life. And I'm giving you your energy back and I'm keeping mine. And we can continue to have a wonderful life separately. Or even if it's somebody that's still in your life, a friend, a colleague, mom, dad, whatever, saying, I'm cutting this energy between us so that we can each be whole on our own. We can still interact, but I'm just allowing myself to be completely whole, completely protecting myself and my energy. And thank you. And I'm giving you back what you need and I'm keeping what I need and I'm moving forward. Yeah, beautiful. Like so many things are going through my mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) I suggest to people, if you are able to hire someone to walk you through this, that, that that it's an experience that you will not forget. If you do not feel like that is accessible, there are lots of cord cutting tracks on Insight Timer. I would say though, if you're going to go that route that you may want to make this like part of your morning practice for a couple of weeks, what do you suggest, Julie? Absolutely. I think that again, it's looking at habits and how the mind works and anything that you can do for 21 to 30 days is really going to set you up for success. So yeah, I think, you know, while it's great to do it once, if you can do it continually for that period of time, that that makes it even stronger. If you do work with Julie, though, she gives you a very intensive experience it's two hours long from what i understand yeah and a recording that you can use for this 21 to 30 day period i'm going to put all of her information in the show notes i will almost guarantee that if you're really struggling to turn a corner with your breakup that this could be the thing that snaps things into gear i also highly recommend my own services but please go and hit her up. She's got free consults. And I really, really encourage you, like, come on, take the power back into your own hands, be assertive and have one of these sessions. Yeah. Thank you for that. And one thing I, I will add that I haven't mentioned yet is something that I often do in session, which can help with somebody who feels like there's some leftover unsaid business or a lack of closure is we can get to a a state where we're actually dialoguing with that person in session. session. Yeah. So we can let that go and move forward. And that's super powerful. It's not for everyone. And again, I feel into when I'm in the session with somebody, whether we want to go there or not. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not something I ever force on anyone. I always ask permission and say, "Are, are you feeling this is the right time for this? But that can be something really powerful as well. Thank you so much, Julie, for all of this so far. Let's talk about habits and how they can help us to stop thinking about our ex. This is kind of a bit of my bread and butter. So I'm going to come in a little bit more with this little segment. Let's talk about removing physical reminders of the person from our space. And I guess I will start with 
our physical environment and what we consider to be our home is one of the most precious and sacred things that we have in life. And I know that some that might not land with some people because you might not feel connected to your space, or maybe your ex just moved out, or maybe you just moved out. And so for some people, you might not feel that way. And I would just encourage you to do whatever you can to get to the point where you feel that your home is special. If you are currently in your own home, I would say now is the time to reclaim it. What do you think? Completely. Oh, hundred percent agree. Especially if there is a spot that used to be theirs, mm -hmm. <laughs> fill it with something that's special to you. <laughs> yeah. I just you went know. through this with a client. Her ex always used to do work at a little nook in their apartment and she hung new drapes there and actually Excellent. covered it up. And I was yep. so excited for her. Yeah. Buy a plant or move a plant to Plants, that space. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> Put a little terrarium, anything, buy a, a heart-shaped crystal or something mm -hmm. that has a significance to you and how you're moving forward and, and reclaim you, that space. I love that. You don't have to throw things away necessarily right now, but I do say get it out of your physical space. Put things that they gave you or that you have a high activation around put them in storage give them to a friend's place potentially put it under the bed but anything that can help you to not see it and not think about it i wouldn't put it under the bed Ooh, tell us <laughs> why julie no, because i think there's it. no because i think there's a connection and i, I i've taken different Ooh. courses where they've suggested you put different things under the bed to create something and i think by putting something up oh. under the bed there's leaving that <gasps> hope that that might come back so I, really I would actually, like yeah. I'm ha I'm excited about this because I kind of have a thing with my under the bed space. I like to keep yep. it completely clear. I did yeah. not know actually that you could do some type of spell or manifestation practice where yeah. I could put something under there intentionally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you so much for letting us know. All right. Uh, we might be doing a follow-up <laughs> episode. So as far as removing your ex from your physical space, both Julie and I want to talk about how this relates to your phone. I don't think I'm unusual in the sense that I am a phone addict. It is pretty much always on me. I'm using it 90% of the time. <laughs> I probably like my screen time is always quite, quite high. I'm in constant contact with a few people in my life. I'm one of those people. I'm a girl. I like having it right here. Even when I'm recording, admittedly, it's it's near me. So therefore, if you are someone like me who has their phone with them a lot of the time, if not always, get your ex out your damn phone. <laughs> so that means delete the messages, delete the photos. You're not going on your phone and looking at their social media. Anything that you can do to remove this person from your phone, which I'm guessing a lot of the people who are listening are actually on their phone right now, we spend the most time on our phone than any other device. So we got to cleanse your ex from your phone. What do you think? Yes, I agree. Well, I, I'm one who saves photos. Like I've got thousands Great. of photos on my on my phone. But then you have to have the discipline not to go back and scroll through those photos, mm -hmm. right? So if that's the case, another interesting thing you can do is change the name 
of the contact. (laughs) So to do not answer, (laughs) no longer interested, (laughs) go away. I actually never talk about Ted Lasso, but it just happens to be that in the last episode that I watched, Rebecca goes, they're, you know, talking shit about her ex and she goes, oh, speak of the devil. You know, he's calling her and she actually picked up her phone and it had devil. And his name was the devil. Exactly. <laughs> oh my no, God. We my did. boyfriend and I were laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Highly yeah. recommended. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because what it does then is it makes you laugh instead of nostalgic. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's talk about your schedule. I don't know how you feel about this, Julie, but as far as my schedule goes, I'm someone who works from home. And so my routines and my schedule are very important to me. One of the first things that I do with my clients when they say that they're struggling with thoughts about their ex is we go through a little inventory of their morning routine, maybe their evening routine. I find more people struggle in the mornings than the evenings, but not always. And so we go through what exactly do you do in the morning? How is it that you actually wake up? Like, what is your alarm tone? What do you do once you've got your feet on the floor? Do you have coffee? What do you eat? What do you listen to? And that is because these are all environmental factors that play into how the rest of our day goes. And if we can reclaim our home and our morning routine, we have a much higher likelihood that we'll be able to reclaim the rest of our lives. Completely agree. And your morning and your evening both to me are important. And here's the thing, that's the time because we're usually on our own and we're in our thoughts where the X starts coming up and we start thinking about them. So it's important to consciously shift those thoughts. So if you wake up in the morning and you think, I miss so-and-so, notice and shift that thought and think of what are three things I'm grateful for in my life. And the same thing in the evening and possibly most importantly, when you wake up in the middle of the night, right? Because that happens to a lot of people, I think, when they're newly separated from a relationship and they wake up and they can't sleep through the night and they've got these because they've got these cycling thoughts. So anytime catch that thought and shift it, shift it to what am I grateful for? What am I proud of that I did today or Mm -hmm. this week? What am I looking forward to? Because when you wake up or when you go to sleep and that last first thought or that last thought is of that X, you are conditioning your brain to continue to think about them. Oh, good. And if you shift that thought to something I'm grateful for, something I'm good at, something I'm looking forward to, you're conditioning your brain to be ready for that the next day and the next week. Absolutely brilliant. And you're, and it's bringing to mind two practices that I didn't even realize I have. Two practices that I know I have, but they've become so regular for me that I've almost forgotten. One is when I go to sleep, even if it wasn't that good of a day, I tell myself that was the best day ever (laughs) because then I go to sleep on kind of a high. I would say I do it probably 85% of the time. 
Yep. And then the other thing that I do probably 90% of the time is I'm a snoozer in re- in the sense that I set my alarm and I let myself hit snooze a couple of times. And I we really can't like- sleep together. <laughs> <laughs> I love that hour when the alarm is going off every oh. seven minutes oh. and I am like lounging around, like hitting it and like half in sleep and half out of sleep. And <laughs> No, I just no. think it's so juicy. And yeah, I will sometimes do it four times. But one and during one of those times, if not all of them, sometimes like anxiety creeps up. And even if it doesn't, I just and I actually got this from Wayne Dyer. When he said it, it just resonated with me so much. I just lay there and I just say either in my mind or I whisper, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And just like, I don't even know necessarily like where that's going, but it's just like starting out with this feeling of, of gratitude for whatever is out there. It just gets you so calm. It gets you excited to wake up. And again, going back to law of attraction, it's just making you, it's setting just like such a juicy flowy foundation for the day. Yeah, I love that. I love Say that. the words, even if you don't yep. actually feel thankful that you're waking up. Because look, I've been through breakups and probably everything under the sun that you can imagine as far as things going wrong in your life. But if you say the words or think the words, thank you before you get up, it works. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, you know, it's a type of gratitude practice. And when you mentioned saying this was the best day ever, I absolutely love that. And I would, I would add on, look for some proof points yeah talk and, to and add in that. three proof points just it could be if you're struggling i am alive <laughs> mm. i have a roof over my head <laughs> i ate food today or it could be bigger things like i got a new client today i exercised i spoke with a good friend I i've feel had times where i've been like all my limbs work like seriously exactly like this is <laughs> Anything big, big or small, depending on where you are that day, we have so many things to be thankful for that we don't even realize and that we take for granted. So we look for those proof points. Or another way to look at it, if you're going through a breakup and another hard time in your life, is three things that are working, which is yes. just like a slight, a, a Love slight it. shift. And that is, you know, if you got through the day and you accomplished anything, then that means something that you did worked. Yes. And for some people getting out of bed is an accomplishment. And on a given day, if that's your accomplishment, bravo. Like we, yes. we've all got to meet ourselves where we're at that day and say, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I had like a playlist when I was going through a really bad time in Australia. I would sometimes think, you know, what is working right now? And sometimes it was like, well, that playlist got me going or, you know, I really looked forward to this particular meal or it's just anything like what got you there? Yep. Can you talk to us about distracting the mind through conversations with other people? Because what I do with all of my guests and co-hosts is, you know, we exchange notes and you had actually put in your notes a couple of times how we can have chit chats with friends as a way of distracting us from thinking about our ex. And I thought that that might be a good way to kind of uh, tie a ribbon around the episode. Yep. I, I think that's wonderful. If there are times of the day when we are feeling like we are really missing that person 
and we want to be talking to them, pick up the phone and call somebody else. Text somebody else. If you don't have anybody available to you, walk out in the street and just have a casual conversation <laughs> with somebody. You know, there's always a way to find somebody to have that conversation with. So it distracts you from the fact that you are looking to have an interaction with that person. And it fills you up by having that interaction with somebody else and gives you something to smile about and focus on and hopefully distracts you from thinking about them. Now, one thing is you've got to let your friends know what you're going through so that the conversation doesn't start with, so what's happening with, you know, set some rules around that and say, Hey, listen, I'm, I, you're my person right now. <laughs> and I'm going to come to you. And when I text you and say, Hey, I need to talk or code red or whatever little thing that you might have <laughs> yes. together. I have two uh, very, very, very close friends, one in Auckland, who you saw me visiting, and one in Burbank, who you're aware of, Christine. And we, all of us, well, Christine and Jesse aren't friends, but with both of them, we have these little habits. And it is always, if either person wants to talk about something serious or heavy that they're going through, we almost always send a text and saying, this is what I need time for. Are you available? Because we want to get consent because dumping on someone can be very draining on them. We're both, we're all three of us, very busy women who have a lot going on. And sometimes when we're going through really heavy things, it helps for the other person to be fully prepared to show up for them. And Um, Yeah, it's just generally respectful. And it also gives you the chance to self-soothe because there isn't, you know, this immediate thing that you're going to call someone 911 and, you know, they're going to pick up the phone and you're just going to unload on them. And so it's a really, really, really good practice to get into with your friends. That being said, I, I understand that when you're going through a breakup, there are certain times of the day that are more triggering than others. But even sending a text in that moment to your friend saying, this is what I'm going through. This is how much time I could use. When are you available? Can help you kind of snap out of it is what I've noticed for myself. Yeah, I think that's great. And I'm saying it's even as simple as just sending a text to a friend saying, hey, how are you today? And starting a conversation with somebody as well. It doesn't have to be a deep session and it could be. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of something like where you're really going through it. Yeah, yeah. Just shifting your focus from your ex to a friend and just actually being there for your friend. Yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. I don't, I'm like, I don't know why that's where my (laughs) my head is, but but, it has to be this heavy thing. Yeah, both of these are important. You need to have that safe, secure spot, but you also need to set up so that you can have that distraction. And it might even be saying with a friend, hey, listen, like, I want you to be my person to kind of have that chit chat with. And so I don't want you to ask what's going on with that. They are off limits. We're just going to talk. It might even be about the weather. Keep it simple. What's going on in your life? Or tell me a joke or send me a meme. Just something to get that distraction going is helpful sometimes as well. Well, this is actually brilliant because we're talking about new ways of thinking and new ways of doing things. And so in a way, shifting to focus on someone else, focusing on your friend rather than on you and your problems could be really effective in completely changing your mindset around your breakup. And then also bringing in really positive energy in the sense that now you're showing someone else that you're 
just thinking about them and you just want them to have a good day and you're just glad that you're a friend and not exactly. making it about you and your breakup. Yeah, 100%. Oh, that's beautiful. And Julie, I'm always here for it. If you want to send me either DM that you either need to talk or you just <laughs> want to know how I am. And right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow, what an important episode. I really hope that people have been taking notes and also that everyone knows that we all have the power to retrain our brain. We said this at the beginning of the episode. We are not our thoughts. We really aren't. Our thoughts are not our reality and we have power over them. I have not ever shared publicly and I'm still not going to, but I used to struggle with some very violent, destructive, dysfunctional, like toxic thoughts about like that I would run through in order to kind of punish myself. And it was, it was pretty bad. It was during one of these rock bottom moments that I had in Australia. And I, and I just thought I can't keep living like this. And everybody had talked about the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, like so much. And then I actually did get it. And I just committed. I said, I'm good. I have to stop this. I have to. And I did. And since then it's, I mean, the cliche as far as game changer goes, I mean, it's just completely true. It changed my life. I had more work opportunities. I had better relationships. I had better health. I was happier all the time. I had better energy. Everything changed for me. Um, and so I just want everyone to know, like, seriously, as dumb as it sounds, if I can do it, you can do it. That's beautiful. I love that you've been able to make that change. And another thing, if you're not able to do it on your own, because it's not easy for everyone to say, I'm going to commit to this, find a friend, find an accountability partner that you're going to check in with and agree to make this change together. Mm -hmm. And if you want to take it to another level, hire Julie, hire me. We are so here for it. I genuinely coach because I want people to be happier. I know that a breakup can derail you, but that it doesn't have to. If you want support, I am so here for it. And I know that Julie is also very driven by simply wanting the world to be a happier place. Exactly. Yep. Well, thank you. I am looking forward to our upcoming episodes. I think we came up with a couple ideas during this time. And I just want to tell everybody, if you pushed play on this episode today because you're struggling with a breakup... I am sending you so much strength for the week ahead. I know that this is hard and I also know that you can get through it. So thank you for pushing play and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Breakups, Broken Hearts and Moving On with Janice Formichella. I sincerely hope that you found today's episode inspirational or useful. I would love to support you on your healing journey. All you have to do is send me a message on Instagram at breakupspodcast or email me at breakupspodcast at gmail.com and I will be in touch to get you started. Remember, if you are struggling with a broken heart, your feelings are temporary. I am sending you so much love and luck for the week ahead. You've got this.